Hello, hello, and welcome to part two of our episode of Power Up in Game. We decided to go ahead and break it up into two parts for Taylor Sanity, so that way he had time to actually relax, chill, because man, this guy is busy doing so many other things, so many other podcasts. So we decided to go ahead and break it up into two parts. Thank you all for listening to part one. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to part one, go back into the part one. We went through a lot of stuff when it came to Call of Duty. We had a lot to say. Uh, so welcome to part two, and let's get into it. But let's move on to our other stories of the week. Microsoft is shutting down the Xbox 360 store in 2024. More specifically, the Xbox 360 store is shutting down on July 29th, 2024. Sorry, I had to zoom in there. Backwards compatible games, including digital 360 titles, will continue to work when the store and marketplace close. Plus, you'll still be able to buy 360 games. You just can't use the 360 store to do it. What are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, this was inevitable. It's yeah. going to happen to every system. Uh, it's going to happen to the Vita soon. It's going to happen to the PS3s. It's going to happen to the PS4. It's going to happen to the Switch. Uh, we just actually lost the... Uh, eShop not too long ago you know we just lost uh for the uh for the wii u nintendo just shut that down recently you know these kind of things they're inevitable i, I wish they weren't because you know, i still have these old systems i still have my uh i still have my my uh my wii u i still have my wii og xbox 360 ps3 um uh, so i'm one of those people like man i really wish these things could stay online for when I have like that nostalgic itch and I want to go check out some random stuff in the store. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this just clears things up for the future. It clears up the server for Xbox Series X and S. It clears up servers for uh, Azura, probably. You know, so I'm like, well, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm not mad about it. I'm sad. But, you know. The point that it stayed up this long, and we've lost the Xbox. Uh, Xbox went offline. What was it like three, four years ago? Uh, like we didn't. We we just lost that not too long ago. So you know it's gonna happen. Uh, but as somebody like myself who's a collector, I don't want it to happen. But I've also accepted it's gonna happen. I echo everything you just said. Just one of those things where you're like, I get it, but that sucks. But yeah, we will have to move on and we will be moving on from xbox to the walking dead the walking dead has a new game that will allow players to change events of the show's early seasons the game is called the walking dead destinies it is a third person action adventure game that lets players change key events in the show from seasons one through four the game is coming soon for Xbox Series X slash S, PS5, Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Admittedly, and this is just my personal opinion here, but this game doesn't look amazing. <laughs> I'm not trashing it out of the gate, just stating my first reaction from the reveal trailer. That said... I think developer Flux Games has a very interesting idea on their hands here, and I'm very interested to see if it can surprise people, including myself. Michael, what about you? 
Do you see value in games that allow people to rewrite key events from popular movies or TV shows? I if I I think another idea wasn't uh wasn't there a Scarface game a long time yeah, ago? It, yeah, it was a pseudo sequel. Yep. It was it was it was a what if uh Tony Montana actually survived his assassination. Yep. So this kind of reminds me of that Scarface game we just talked about 360 by the way. That was a classic 360 title. <laughs> Do you see value was, though? Wait, what's something was, was like that on this? the 360? I thought that was on the original Xbox. Oh man, it, and PlayStation 2. That's where I was like it was a classic 360 title because it was really old. It might have been yeah. an OG Xbox title. But point I being, uh, what are your thoughts on this game here, Walking Dead Destinies? And do you see value in games that allow people to rewrite key scenes from movies and TV shows? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, because while one way, yes, I do see value in it because it does uh, bring in some fun what-ifs kind of situations. Uh, but things like, wow, you really changed up a story that probably didn't need to be changed up that worked well. Uh, with The Walking Dead, I think it does kind of work. Uh, I was about to say. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> See, the first no. two or three seasons, perfectly fine. Once we start to get to some of the events later on in the show, I feel like the problem with The Walking Dead Destinies is they didn't go far enough. It was like seasons one through four. Oh, those aren't really the problem. Let's let's go to seasons five through like eight. Let's fix yeah. those. Yeah, um, because you know there is uh, there there are characters in there that you wish you could save and wouldn't die, or some characters you wish that would die, and uh, there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. Uh, but the problem with that is that when you do these kind of games that you change the story. Things can get very muddled because now you're messing with the lore of the of the show or, or the uh, of the IP that you're dealing with, um, and you have to change up key things like the way certain characters would act because if one main character dies, they might act a different way with a different main character than they would with the original. Example being from this trailer, and this is spoiler for the ending of The Walking Dead season two, but Rick kills Shane in the series. And yeah. the example in the trailer is Shane kills Rick, and he becomes the leader of the group. Yeah, and they have two. They they were the same, but two different personalities. Uh, there are two faces of the same coin. So, and we, and, and if you watch the show, if you read the comics, you know how big of an impact Rick has on the group. Uh, Shane, Shane, if he was the leader, he would have a huge impact on the group. So, when you do these kind of games, now you're changing up the way other characters would act like uh like 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 um like rick's wife you know things would have been different with the way she would have acted in the show things would have been different the way her son would have acted in the show because rick had a bit of well at the end of i'm spoiling fully now the ending of the season (laughs) sorry people it's been out a while but uh at the end of the season he's like this is not a democracy anymore this is it's rickocracy yeah, I'm running things now. But at the same time, there's a sense of Rick's a good guy, and yeah, yeah. they have confidence in Rick's decisions. Shane, yep. as great as John Bernthal plays the character, and he gives the character a little bit of... I don't know if likability is the right word, but you, no, want, it, you want him to stick around, and it's weird yeah. because he does so many things throughout the show that you're like, 
Fuck, this guy's just the worst. I was the opposite. I was like, yo, I would have this guy in my group. <laughs> he's not great. So, but he's even not. then, even then, though, you're 100% right because Shane, and just using their example here, and this is why they use this example because this is what is going to get everybody talking. Shane changes the entire dynamic of yep. the group. They don't respect Shane that way. They don't believe he is a great guy. So how does that change the events of season three onward? What happens with the governor? Like stuff like that is very interesting. And that's just one example. Like something else is what happens with Carl and Sir Sophia. Another event from earlier on in the season. What happens if the farm I don't know how far they're gonna go with this, but what happens if something else happens at the farm and somebody else dies instead? Yeah, the there's so much that would change up uh, with these kind of with these kind of things. So it is kind of interesting to see how they would write themselves uh, out of any kind of like plot hole they might create. Uh, but because you know it, it will come to a time to where how many decisions can you make that will have a huge impact on the story? Because what if one moment, oh yeah, uh, Carl finds out what happened with his dad and decides to take revenge. It's like okay, well now you're changing up. The way Carl acts, or you change the way that if Shane have to kill Carl, you know, the way the mother would act. Like, there's so many different ways that this can go that it sounds exciting, but it also kind of sounds like a bit of a cluster. It's the theme of this episode, right? It depends on the execution of the developer. Like, exactly yeah. what they end up doing, what they end up writing. And what I find so intriguing, what I put, why I put this on the show, is because I think... You could do this with other movies and shows. Think about how much people dislike the ending of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh man, you had to choose. Do you Game remember <laughs> when Game of Thrones ended and people were like, "Just forget it ever happened. Let's bring in new showrunners or new directors or whatever, and let's just redo it." All right. You can give people the chance to basically have their own ending. Now, I guess. Now, it would be pre-written endings by whoever the game developers were of it. But it's a very interesting concept that I'm hoping Flux Games does a good enough job with, with this Destiny's game, to warrant more developers trying it out. Because I feel bad for Flux Games, because they're it feels like they're the pioneers here. They're not the first ones to ever come up with this concept. But I feel like, specifically, for like a trend like this to catch fire... They're the first ones. You know what I mean? They're yeah. the ones that have to do a decent enough job for it to actually become a thing. Yeah, and the worst part is, uh, the, I mean, yeah, we're, we're already talking about the writing, but, you know, the way the game looks itself does not look very... Yeah, that's working ...attractive. <laughs> um, graphics aren't the end-all be-all, to be fair. It's not, but, 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 uh, but honestly, it does... Like, that's going to be our first impression, the way the game looks. And um, I'm sorry, dude, but when I saw, like, everything up close, I was like, God, this reminds me of the early PS360 games. Yeah. They look like celebrities, but at the same time, they don't look like the characters. Like, it's kind of weird how you get both of them, because they don't hit that uncanny valley. Uh, but it just makes you wonder, like, how big is the budget for this game? And like you said, they're doing one, season one through, uh, was it one through three? One through four? One through four. One through four, it's like so. Why just those four seasons? Why why don't you do more? So like, okay, maybe it's a budget thing. Oh, to be there's there's like ten seasons, man. Like, 
yeah, no, they were hitting seasons, the whole yeah. show in one game. Oh no, I'm uh, I, I'm saying, but no, no, what I'm saying is like, uh, how big is the budget? Because if they had a yeah. big budget, I'm pretty sure they could do like season one through five for part one, and then five through ten for part two or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know, because you can already tell they're kind of banking on sequels. Um, and on top of that, you know, you have spinoffs of The Walking Dead. You have Dead City. Uh, you have Fear the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. Yeah, the one that just got yeah, Daryl Dixon. Or Daryl's in France for some reason. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, and there's still there's still the Michonne movie and the movie with Rick that they're still talking about doing. Those are the same ones. It's the what? same no, movie. Not. Yeah, it's Rick and Michonne, ain't it? I, oh, I the, oh, it the oh, they, movie. oh, they're together. Okay, I know. Yeah. I, okay, I thought they were separate. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so they still got to deal with those popular characters. It's like they're already doing so much with The Walking Dead. You gotta re- if you're gonna do the game. I'm sorry, but this game looks like one of those uh, rushed. Um, we gotta get this out because it's a licensed title kind of games. You remember those kind of games we used to get? Yeah. To where like the, the iron is still hot. We got to strike. So I don't care how the game looks. Get this game out there because it's a licensed game. It looks like a licensed game, and and you know this is this is. No real like kick towards flux games. No, but you're right though. First impressions do matter. Not saying yeah. that this is gonna be indicative of how great The Walking Dead Destinies is. I think what really matters for this game in particular is gonna be the writing. Yeah. I think that's gonna be the thing and how interactive the player can be with it. I think that's gonna be the make or break of whether or not this game is at least interesting enough for people to try. But you talk about first impressions. We can go back to a game that came out earlier this year that everybody was like, that's probably going to be the worst game of the year. And that's the Gollum game. Absolutely dreadful right out of the gate. Now, to be fair to this, The Walking Dead Destinies does not look as bad as Gollum. (laughs) I don't get the easy red flags (laughs) that I got from the Gollum game. But at the same time, you can look at Walking Dead Destinies and be like, yeah, I can see why this could just sadly flop if not yeah. executed properly. Again, key theme of this episode. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, and, and, you know, I, hate, I hate talking about the game like that. Like, oh my goodness, you look at it, it's ugly, and you, know, you bring up Golem, and, and you're right, it's, it's going to come down to the writing. But you know, this is our first look at the game. And my first thought shouldn't be, oh, it's a licensed game. Like, oh, okay, well, you're going around uh, trying to rush this out. Because I don't think this is rushed. I don't, I don't think they're going to rush this out. I think they're actually going to take their time with this and get it out. Because I think it's being published by AMC, uh, who's really trying to get to the game space. And AMC really wants uh, The Walking Dead to be their big fran- to continue to be their big franchise. Uh, because that's the biggest thing that they have right now. So I think they really are going to put the money into it to get things going. Uh, but, man, first impressions, yeah, it took me out. And But I like the idea. I like the concept. Uh, but like you said, it's all going to come down to the writing. Next thing you know, AMC is going to green light a similar idea. They're going to be like, rewrite the story of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And everybody's gonna be sitting at home like we don't want to do that. That was that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't need yeah. to be done. Yeah, just stick to making like uh, how was it uh, El El Camino? How was what was that movie El called? El Camino. 
El Camino, yes. They're doing stuff like that. El Camino is such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, do that. Don't do not do games. There should be a Breaking Bad game. I know Vince Gilligan talked about it before, but man. I mean. The potential's yeah, there. Uh, what, is it going to be like uh, the Narcos game? Be like GTA. I, ju- uh, I don't see it. Yeah. Well, we talked about this. I think this is exactly what you said. <laughs> you, just, you didn't see it. But, man. Let's, we're going to get on a tangent here. We'll talk about a potential Breaking Bad game uh, in another episode. We'll talk about it off-air, potentially, too. But let's move on to our next story. Oh, wait. Actually, is that going is, is to be our, uh, our next uh, Stash of the Clash? How would you make a Breaking Bad game? Stash at the Clash. Gosh darn it. Clash at the Stash. Gosh. <laughs> you don't respect our work at all, dude. <laughs> Let's move on, though. Let's talk about Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2 has been delayed. Hold on. There's another part to this title. Hold on, I gotta scroll down. Okay, I found it. Alan Wake 2 has been delayed by 10 days. Ooh. That's much better. Uh, the game will now launch on October 27th. Remedy had this to say in a press release, quote, October is an amazing month for game launches, and we hope this date shift gives more space for everyone to enjoy their favorite games, end quote. What an excellent call by Remedy here, right? They get to keep their spooky season release window and ideally avoid any major conflicts with huge game releases earlier in the month, and they even get further away from September's big releases. Yeah, I think it was a good call. Uh, as much as I'm excited for Alan Wake, I don't know if 10 days is enough. Uh, I guess they think they're going to be done with whatever they're playing within the week. Uh, but hey, you know, I'm always down for uh, more space because there is a bunch of stuff coming out in October. Uh, what, was, what was the month called? Broketober? Because that's when all the games would come out and... You never have enough money to buy them all. So, and I think that's one of the problems that uh, Titanfall had. Titanfall 1 and 2. They just released on bad times. So I'm, I'm glad that Remini at least looked at this and was like, hey, we need more time, uh, not, for, not just to polish. Was like, hey, we've gotten gold already. We're good to go. Uh, but just so we don't have the unnecessary competition. So I'm down for this. I'm okay with it. Uh, it's 10 extra days that I get to breathe before I jump back into the world of Ellen Wake. Yeah, like I said, I think it's an excellent move. It's just, it doesn't hurt them in any way. This move only helps them. Gets away from the Spider-Man release. Gets them even further away from Starfield. So, and again, they get to keep that Halloween release window. Where people can play it around the spooky season. So that's fantastic, man. But let's move on to something that's not fantastic. Madden NFL 24. (laughs) Uh, Madden NFL 24 is out and there's a lot to get into. As you would expect, the game is getting a mixed reception. For proof of this, just go on over to Metacritic or YouTube and go down that rabbit hole for yourself. I didn't buy Madden this year, and we didn't get a code to review it. But I did have a 10-hour trial to play the game, and if I'm being completely honest, the game isn't good. 
There are admittedly some awesome improvements in regards to training camp and gameplay, but even then, I can point out plenty of immersion-breaking glitches and head-scratching decisions, like no training camp modes for the O-line, for example. So the mixed reception in my personal playing experience brings me to my question to Michael, and I'm sure I'll complain more about the game as we talk about this topic. Anyway, Michael, do you think it's time for the NFL to give the simulation football license to a new developer slash publisher, or at the very least, expand it so we can have some competition? And lastly, does this mixed reception raise concerns about the upcoming college football game next year? Yeah, uh, it's it, it, NFL. They don't care about uh, the actual game. They care about the money, and they care about that people keep the name NFL in their mouths throughout the off season. Okay, that's that's the only thing that matters to them. Uh, so, will we get another developer? Not really, because Madden is still making baller money. And, you know, EA is going to continue to pay billions of dollars because they're making billions of dollars every year off of it. Uh, so is it time? Absolutely. It's been time. It's been time for the past seven years. Oh, make no mistake. This was a this was a placeholder question. <laughs> I think we both knew our answers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do. But I'm just explaining mine yeah. uh, before you go, because, man, I know you have not been too happy with this. So I'm going to let you go on one of your little rants. So I'm actually going to do what you usually do. And I'm going to get my stuff out of the way so you can <laughs> do your thing uninterrupted. Uh, so, yeah, it's about time. It's been time for the past seven or eight years. And I, I'm i not concerned with the NCAA uh, football game that's supposedly coming out soon. Uh, because they've actually, the, the, at least the developers who did that, did that game in the past, they actually cared. And they actually did some interesting stuff with uh, with the uh, NCAA license. And on top of that, nobody else actually cared about the NCAA football license. Uh, so you know, I don't think that EA is going to go all out because it's not Madden. Um, in fact, a lot of people, they rather played the NCAA football games more than Madden did. So EA definitely had a one-two punch with that. So I'm not concerned. I think EA... Or these people who's going to be working on the NCAA game, I think they're actually going to try because they actually have time, unlike the developers with Madden, uh, they actually had time to try to get things going, get things right. So I'm not concerned for next year if it happens, uh, but I do definitely think it's time for someone else to take the reins of simulated football. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. And that sucks to say. I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, Madden sucks again this year. I think it's time for EA Sports to not be working on this game anymore, or at the very least, another studio to make it. I want Madden to be great, man. We've talked about plenty of times on this show, we're huge Madden fans. We're huge football fans. We want this game to be good. And, again, there's a few things in Madden 24 that is solid. For real, I mean that. A few of the animations, it is a decently fun game in the gameplay aspect once you're on the field. But even then, man, there's weird immersion-breaking glitches. I don't like the way that players react to certain events. You can get a game-winning touchdown with a wide receiver, and it gives you like four options to celebrate. 
And the way the player celebrates is just like, oh, it's just a run-of-the-mill play. You know? <laughs> it's like, man, you just won the game. Yeah. The announcers are reacting, which is great, but the player's not the way that you think they should. And that's just frustrating. And what's more annoying is I don't want to sit here and be like, bring all the old stuff back into Madden. But man, I wouldn't be saying this if the old Madden didn't have all the cool shit in it. And I don't understand why that can't be in the new Madden, you know? Well, so they can drip feed it. Yeah, drip drip feed it, but at the same time, my theory is it's frostbite. I think this Frostbite engine yeah. is the worst fucking thing to happen to Madden. And I despise that EA has basically been just been forcing it down every single one of their products. This is an engine that was built for Battlefield, a first-person shooter. And it's an outdated fucking engine. And then you have Mass Effect Andromeda. What happened with that game? Oh, it had a bunch of glitches. It had a bunch of bugs. It didn't seem like the engine really fit that game. You had Anthem. Guess what? Same thing. It's mind-boggling. And then you have Madden sitting here, and you have all these weird game-breaking bugs. You have players who don't want to pick up the ball, and you got this big uh, dog pile to where everybody's jumping in on trying to get it. They can't get it. Players aren't blocking who they're supposed to block. People are making weird tackles that don't make sense. People are glitching through other players. Some players have the wrong, like, you know how some players have bandanas, headbands on? Yeah, yeah. Some players have the wrong team's headbands on. Wait, what? It's just, it's unacceptable at this point. And I wouldn't be saying if it was like their first offense or second offense. It's every year, man. That's the thing that gets me. It's every year, and I'm supposed to sit here and be like, well, they added training camp back, so I guess this is a great step in the right direction. And the sad part is, is I feel like I've used that quote in my reviews before. It's a step in the right direction. I feel like it's the definition of insanity. I'm doing the same thing over and over and over, <laughs> expecting a different result. When the result is, this game's bad, and somebody else needs to make it. Because at this point, it's just untenable. Like, we talked about this earlier in the year. Reportedly, this was a make-or-break. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Their make-or-break year. And I, do, I really hope this isn't going to be a thing where it's like, it's a make-or-break, and it has just enough good reception and just enough money it made for EA to be like, well, yep, I guess they made it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really have anything else. You got anything else to add about this? Um, I am foregoing Madden this year. Uh, I didn't even try the uh, free trial version because that's how much I'm just like, I don't believe in their whole make or break year. I don't believe anything that they say. Uh, so for me, I for I, I, I for uh, went uh, playing Madden 24. But man, I've seen plenty of videos of people having fun with how bad it is with the glitches and stuff. Like people are having fun with the glitches for some reason, man. It's like, it's that Bethesda thing uh, where people expect it to happen. Like I, I don't think Madden fans care about the game being as broken glitch as it is. They, they legit have fun with it. So I don't think we're going to see a change anytime soon. I think it's less of Madden fans not caring. I think it's a split fan base. 
to where there's the fans who are aggravated with how much the game has stayed the same. Keep in mind, by the way, this is a game that has an old-gen version for the Xbox One and PS4. And by everything I've researched about it, it is essentially the exact... And this is going to come across as like, yeah, no shit. But it's the exact same as Madden 23. And they asked for $60. Like, there's nothing else to say, man. It's just, that's the thing. It, I think the community is broken up into so many fragments of people who are just completely frustrated. And then some people who are just like, oh, I'm fucking done. Like, what do you want? What Exactly what I just said. What else do you want me to say? Yeah. And then you have the people who, it's all they know. They think the game's great. What what do these old people know? Talking about these old Maddens. It couldn't have been that good. <laughs> and if you enjoy Madden, cool. Happy. I'm, that sounded like I was being sarcastic. Legitimately happy for you. <laughs> I'm not. You're holding us Michael's back. not. I'm, I'm legitimately happy for you. But man, it could be so much better. Expe- yes, please ask for better. It's kind of like with mediocre movies, right? Just praising the mediocre movie and being like, oh man, this is great. Just accept what it is. I'm like, no, make your complaints. Like, what didn't you like about it? There is such a thing as toxic positivity here. And if you keep accepting mediocrity, that's what you're going to get. And that's what we've been getting with Madden at best. And at worst, we've been getting really poor games. So uh, we've been going on this topic way too long. Let's just about get out of here. We have one last story here. Uh, this was not on our docket, but we saw it right before we recorded, and we thought we should include it. Um, Charles Martinet is no longer voicing Mario. Nintendo released a statement regarding the news, saying, and props to VGC for these quotes, quote, Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving on to a brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games. But he'll continue to travel the world sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It's been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date, end quote. I almost got out of there with Miyamoto's name. <laughs> Michael, what are your thoughts on this news? Oh, man. It's just one of those inedible things. Um, man, I'm sad to hear about it because, you know, everybody was so hyped about, oh, man, he has a cameo in the Mario movie. You know, he's probably the best thing that happened in Nintendo in a long while. You know, he's a lovable guy. Uh, he's really cool. So I don't like that they're calling him the Mario Ambassador. Like, what the hell does that even mean? But I'm also kind of interested in how they handle Mario in the future. Are they just going to use pre-recorded yahoos from uh, from past Mario games? Are they actually going to find someone new? Uh, I know they want to do more Mario, uh, more Nintendo movies. So would they be doing TV shows where they bring in new voices and stuff? Like, there's so many things they can do. Uh, it just makes you wonder, like, man, 
what is the future like now? Because this came out of nowhere. Uh, I saw their tweet to where they were saying like, hey, um, we're going to we're going to celebrate him. He's going to do a, a, a video with Shigeru Miyamoto. You know, it's like, oh, so they're actually going to give him an actual proper somewhat send off or at least an, uh, an ascension, I guess, since he's just going to be an ambassador now. So I kind of wonder, are they going to have more control over when he gets to be Mario? Is he just going to be doing more stuff at like uh, at the uh, Universal Parks? Because I think, I think it's Universal who has a Mario Park. I don't remember. Uh, so he's going to do more guest appearances and stuff. Like, are they going to control where he goes or what he can do? There's, there's so many questions that I want answered right away. Yeah, it's just one of those things that inevitably is going to happen. But we'll have to see what Charles Martinet ends up doing from here. Very curious to see who ends up taking the voice of Mario going forward. I mean, if they even do that. Like I said, they could just do a thing to where they use, like, uh his previous recordings and just reuse those. Could. At least for the time being. Until they find somebody. Yeah, or uh just pay him uh what is it, uh royalties uh every time they use his voice. So maybe maybe they're gonna do that instead. Instead of just paying him to be in the booth for a few hours for a couple hours, uh they're just gonna pay him royalties for every time they uh use his voice and media. Either way, what a legendary career for Charles Martinet. And Man. hope the best in his future endeavors. If, has there ever been another Western actor that became better known for a Japanese character? Like, more more so than, like, the Japanese voice actor? Like, he is Mario. Like, I'm sure even in Japan. Like, he is Mario universe, like, like internationally. So it's like, has that? Do we know any other actor has done that, like, or any other character that's like that? It's uh, a great question. Yeah, because I, 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 I never thought of that until now. Uh, people listening, tell us if there is anybody else out like that that you <laughs> think would be up there with Charles Martinet. It's a very curious yeah. topic, man. I'd actually like to expand on that next week if you remember it, jot it down. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll try to look for something because yeah, I've never noticed. But let's go ahead and get out of here, man. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us. Michael, what you're working on and where can people find you? Oh, man. I am working on some new video previews for games for uh, Bagel Games. What about you, Taylor? What are you working on? I'm just working on these podcasts here. As for where you can find me, you can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this very episode. I also want to say that we have other podcasts here at TNS Network alongside Power Up and Game. We have Nerd Stop Movies, a podcast where Tristan Benz, Drew Garrison, and yours truly here, along with Donnie Smith, talk about various movies and TV shows via, via retrospectives and spoiler talks. We've had a few very interesting episodes as of late, and you should definitely check those out. We also have Lombok Hunters from Tristan and Drew, where they go over various comic books, comic runs, what they really like from it, what they thought didn't really age well, what didn't just click with them, to be honest with you and all sorts of stuff in between. It's an excellent podcast. They've already rec recorded like 
six of them, I think. I've listened to two of them so far, and both of those are now posted. So be sure to check those out. They are on DC's New Frontiers and The Ultimates from Marvel. And there's actually also an origin episode from them as well that you could check out. Uh, but other than that, man, that's what I've been working on. Working, they can find me. So, I guess I forgot mine too. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at m underscore m o s l e y underscore j r. And pretty much soon enough, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's f zero x d a d d y. Finally, be sure to check out thenerdslash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. You want to see reviews, opinion pieces, lists, guides, you name it. You can find it on, get, check this out, Michael, thenerdsesh.com. I know, it's a shocker. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone hey. for listening in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Yeah.